Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are back for the Primetime Podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast, your one-stop shop for college sports news and analysis. Well, really, I should say college football, because that's the mode we're in right now. We have a jam-packed show for you guys. We're going to be talking Notre Dame and their playoff hopes. We're going to be talking about Penn State, Ohio State, and the big matchup coming up for Penn State. And I got some tweets to read during that one. And then we're going to end the show NFL draft style, looking at Sam Darnold. And is he the top quarterback? Should he stay at USC? I don't know which way we're going to go with it. You'll have to wait and find out with us. And then at the end, we will make our picks as always for, I think it's week numero... Week nine. uh, It's... Ocho Niente, right? Niente? Nueve. See, that's you got my back, B. Nueve. Like, I said it and I went, that's not right. I don't think that's right. Numero Nueve for the weeks that we are in. But, Brandon, we are going to start the podcast with none other than your second favorite team. I'm saying second favorite because I don't care how you have them ordered in your head. In my head, you're a Roll Tide fan before you're a Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan. The Fighting Irish getting the big win this past weekend over the USC Trojans, which, I'm sorry, kiss of death, you're done with two losses now. Really, I shouldn't say that because now they'll come back and make the playoff, but I think you're done and not going to make the playoff at this point. I want to ask you, though, for Notre Dame's side. I'm just going to get right to it, be frank with you like I always am. Is, Is ND a playoff team now? Like, what are their chances to make the college football playoff, and will they make the college football playoff? Well, Notre Dame looks really good right now. Uh, They certainly have made strides from where they were last season. Mm -hmm. That's very blatantly obvious. Things are going better. Their defense looks better. Their offense is explosive. They have so many weapons. Brandon Wimbush has done great things for this offense. Remember when we talked about him during the offseason? Can he turn this whole thing around? Looks like he has. I mean, only eight touchdowns, two interceptions, but sometimes you don't have to do a lot to turn something around. Well, see, it's not just it's just the fact that he not only not only you said that and those are his stats That's through the, the year. year. And I know that people sometimes will say, oh, well, you know, it's just easy to go through and talk about stats. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, mm-hmm. it is easy, but it's also, I think, important to be able to show he's not just a, a stat guy through the, the air. Too. He does it on the ground. He has 10 touchdowns on the ground. But how about Josh Adams? Josh Adams has been electrifying for this mm-hmm. Notre Dame offense. And those two guys are a, such a tandem at quarterback and running back for this team. It's been Really exciting to watch. And then you also look at Equinemius St. Brown. He's been a favorite target for Wimbush with 18 catches on the season, leads the team in catches there. But this has been, a, again, a team that's had a lot of life, mm-hmm. but defensively, that's, you know, that's what I want to say for Notre Dame. Their strides defensively, how far they've come from last season, the amount of points that they gave up each and every game. 
playing teams like like Syracuse. And I, I understand what Syracuse has done this season, but you look at last year's Syracuse team, you know, nothing special. You look at, uh, you know, Duke's team last year. Notre Dame should not be losing, in my opinion, to a team like Duke. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the type of team that you should be losing to. But then again, it's college football, and there are those upsets. But I just remember being at that Notre Dame-Duke game last season at Notre Dame. No excuse. Inexcusable why Notre Dame should lose and lose the way they did, give up so many points defensively. And you were upset after that one last year, like audibly invisible, obviously audibly because you're talking on the podcast, but even the week after, I remember making some fun at you about that game because you were there and watched them play so poorly. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was bad. It was really bad, but that's that's where you look at how terrible last season was Mm -hmm. and how many strides have been made to come, to get to this season. Mm -hmm. But part of it, I think, too, things changed. You know, new guys in there, yeah, coordinator and, and, and new, new guys, new life is in there now. And I think that's a good thing. You know, that's certainly a good thing. You're not going this, doing this, uh, okay, you're going to be quarterback for this week and for these quarters, and then you'll mm-hmm. be quarterback for this quarter and maybe these games. And, you know, that's, that's not happening right now. Brandon Wimbush is the guy when healthy, and that's important. But going back to your original question that you asked, is Notre Dame a playoff team? Will they make the playoff they, this season? Will they make the playoff this season? My answer is no. My answer is no because there's too many good teams at the top that don't look like they're going to lose any games, and they belong to a conference. Mm-hmm. We've had this discussion before. Notre Dame is an independent. Mm-hmm. They need one day to find a conference. That's going to be important for them. They need to find a Power Five conference. Mm-hmm. That's number one, but that's not necessarily you know the thing that's going to get them to a playoff. They obviously still need to play well, but I think number one is find that conference first, and then you have to play well, and then you have to compete well against your conference mm-hmm. and win games within there and. You've got to, I mean, they've they've been able to win some games. You know, the USC, they're not the USC of last year. We've seen that. We've seen that now multiple times. Mm-hmm. But there's, they were still number 11 ranked USC. And you still had to play the game, as we hear so many times. You have mm-hmm. to go out there. You, you have play to, to win the game. You have to go out there and you have to do that. But then when you look at teams above Notre Dame, Alabama doesn't look like they're going to lose. Penn State. If they beat Ohio State this weekend, mm-hmm. they're not losing another game in the regular season. Georgia, Georgia looks like they're not going to lose. TCU, they've been super strong. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. they've been super strong. May not lose a game in the regular season. And then Ohio State with just one loss. Now, if things are reversed, they beat Penn State this weekend. I don't think they'll lose another game this season. Clemson, don't think they'll lose another game this season. Don't think. But they they could. And then you've got Miami, 6-0. Miami's played some very interesting, dramatic games, but they found a way Mm -hmm. to win them all. All those teams are in front of Notre Dame, who Notre Dame, 6-1. They have the one loss. They're 6-1. They could as easily be thrown into the conversation with Ohio State and Clemson. But there's still eight teams in front of them. Mm -hmm. And and, and of those teams, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, zero-loss teams. In front of them. I just think that with some of those zero loss teams, they may not lose. Some of them may. I will throw out there Alabama, I don't think loses again regular season. I think they go to the national championship. Georgia, 
Georgia, I don't think, loses again regular season. The only loss I could see for Georgia Alabama. is the SEC championship mm-hmm. game, and it would be well, to Alabama. So that's where I'm I'm finding it hard to think that mm-hmm. Notre Dame is going to be able to jump all of these teams and find their way into the top four. And before I say what I'm going to say, my answer is no. However, I didn't expect the segment to go, go along like this. I didn't expect for... Myself, who, if you guys know who I am, know who I You're Ricky like, my, who I like and who I hate, I can't stand Notre Dame. I will root against Notre Dame. They are like the New York Yankees to me, even though I like this new age Yankee and not the old Yankees. They are like my New York Yankees. I hate Notre Dame. However, this year alone, I, I the conference thing is a... Topic for another day. I'm with you. They should join a conference. I would be more inclined to have them in the Big Ten, but like I said, topic for another day. This year, though, I don't think that'll hurt them. And I, although I said no, I don't think they will, they've got a pretty good shot to make the playoff. And the reason being, just looking at the rankings first, like you said, Alabama, let's just, for the sake of argument, they're going to be in. They're going to be number one. How they've played this season Number one team, hands down. I thought about this leaving my house for work today. This has been a weird year, or it's felt like a weird year, where it's like Alabama's just over here kind of playing, and everyone else is kind of— seems like they, they're playing they, to who they're going to play Alabama against. Alabama has their own sandbox. They don't have to share yeah. with any ever, anybody, and everybody else is trying to fight for space it in just, the sandbox. It feels weird, although like many people might say, Ricky, that's how it used to be. It just feels weird that Alabama's over here and then everyone else is fighting for their playoff lives. Penn State, like, Big Ten now. Penn State, Ohio State, Wisconsin. One of those three teams, maybe Michigan State, who's down there at 16, depending how things play out, could jump up, whoever gets the um, conference championship. But right now, for the sake of argument, Penn State, Ohio State, almost said Oklahoma State, Wisconsin. They're going to beat each other up. One team's going to come out on top. Okay, there's probably another that's in. Georgia, good thing for Notre Dame that they got to probably play Alabama. They got to play Florida this weekend, who, yes, I expect them to beat the Florida Skaters. However, could be a tough game. They're probably not going to beat Alabama. That's what I would think right now. Good thing for Notre Dame. Then you look at TCU. Do you have confidence in the Big 12? And I know that TCU, like TCU is the one team, if the Big 12 is going to be in the playoff, TCU is the team you got to ride on. Do you expect them to get through the gauntlet of the rest of their schedule? Yes or no? That's another team that could fall. Then it comes to the ACC. And the good thing for ND is Clemson's already lost a game. And NC State currently holds the number one spot in that division, in that side of the ACC, and another good for ND, they play that Wolfpack team this upcoming week. So they can beat North Carolina State, hypothetically, will not affect their conference ranking, and NC State still stays ahead of Clemson. Let's say for the sake of argument, Clemson does finish with the... Let's say they finish above NC, even though NC wins the ACC. Then you have Notre Dame, and you come down to it, and you go, yeah, you know what? We have one loss. They have one loss. However, neither of us have conference championships. Oh, wait, by the way, our loss was to Georgia, 
who Georgia's only loss would be hypothetically to Alabama, while Clemson lost to Syracuse. That's the thing that Notre Dame has in front of them. And then the second thing I was looking at is their schedule. The thing is, and this is the reason why I say no, like everything in the rankings fades out and fits perfectly for yes, ND can make the playoff. It's their schedule that says no. Because spoiler alert, Wolfpack beat them this weekend and then Stanford beats them on the road to end the year. Those are the two losses. I think they can beat Miami because Miami's won some pretty close games. ND would have to stay in that. They wouldn't be able to lose like they lost. Oh, yeah, that Georgia loss was only by one point, by the way. One point to the team that's now the third-ranked team in the nation. That's the reason why I think they won't get in, though. Losses to NC State this weekend and Stanford to end the year. That will be the demise, not about who's ahead of them in the rankings right now. I could I could say yes and, and, and no to that. I, but I think that part of it is because those teams above them in the rankings, there mm-hmm. may not be much movement. That's that's what I'm saying. So if there's no movement and you keep you keep playing well, they keep playing well, that's great. But you end the season then at number nine. Number number well, number nine, number eight, number seven, number six, number five doesn't matter. You didn't make it in. See, and that's why you I, have a nice you have a nice bowl game. Mm-hmm. You go to the Rose Bowl. It's cute, mm-hmm. but you don't get into the playoffs. That's what that's what I'm saying. And that's where I that's disagree. What I'm and that's where I disagree because right now let's just go one up. So number eight, Miami. ND can knock them off. If ND knocks them off, ND will be ranked hypothetically ahead of them, I would presume. Yes. Clemson's interesting because we don't know where, like, when it comes to final ranking-wise, how are they going to be ranked if they don't win the ACC or even have a shot to win the ACC if NC State and, goes ahead and, and Clemson, wins that side. And Clemson, again, just, just looking ahead, mm-hmm. they've got Georgia Tech coming up this, this weekend. Then NC State. They've got NC State. Florida State mm-hmm. should be a win. Citadel should be a win. Mm-hmm. South Carolina should be a win. So I'm thinking the Clemson Tigers, they end up getting, I think they end up getting out probably um, with only one loss. Well, and most people too, but the big one for me with them is that NC State game. Sure. Yeah, However, the thing that could happen is if NC State beats them and wins the conference, do those two teams switch? Where it's like, great, now we've got NC State ahead of us. However... When it comes to playoff rankings, if Notre Dame can get that done this week, they can say, yeah, they won the ACC, but we beat them. We beat that team. So why should we be ranked lower than them in the college football rankings? Then the Big Ten, I'm sorry, pick two of them, they're falling. Because two of those three teams are going to lose. Either one of them this weekend, Andy's probably rooting for Penn State because Ohio State's the lower one. Then I would obviously root for Penn State again because you don't want a situation of, oh, wait, Penn State lost by three. They fell, but they fell just above us. So that's why I would root for Penn State to win out. Then at that point, you're basically sitting there with the top four we have right now. Georgia is going to, you just got to hope Georgia gets blown out by Alabama and that the Big 12 kind of beats itself up and you could be sitting pretty at number four. It lines up for them. Will it? No, because I'm expecting the Wolfpack and the Cardinal to upend the Irish in their second half of the year. Well, I just I just don't know if Notre Dame, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're good. And I don't want to take anything away from them at all. 
they played really tough against a Georgia team that they could have, and some people certainly would say should have beaten. If they beat that team, we're having a totally different it's conversation. It's a completely different conversation. They're probably top four, you, you maybe be- even top six. Again, you beat that USC mm-hmm. team that was number 11, but a an, an overrated number 11, mm-hmm. maybe in the eyes of some, but just an underperforming, mm-hmm. I would say, number 11 team. You're talking about this past this, week. This past week yeah. with, with USC, who they played. They're going to play a... They're going to play a very good Miami team. Uh, again, a Miami team that's had a lot of drama. And that one's in, on the road, in, in terms too. of In terms of how they've won their games and how long it's taken them to, to win their games and finally come from behind mm-hmm. and, and get the W. You will play a Stanford team that has one of the best running backs in the game right now, and then you play an NC State game this weekend that's going to be very, very good in a Wolfpack team that is very, very hyped. They have so much energy. They have so much talent. And they're finally wanting people to start talking about talking about them. Who instead you've of just a couple of times on this podcast. In, instead of just the Louisvilles and the Clemsons mm-hmm. of the ACC. I, I'm with you. I think that Notre Dame doesn't, as good as they've been, all those games, they will lose one of them. Mm-hmm. Those three, they'll lose one of them that will kind of count them out, and they probably won't be in the discussion going forward. Will they have a nice ball game? Mm-hmm. They will. Uh, but they they will not be in the discussion of a playoff this season. But I still think that the body of work, sound like the committee. Yeah, we're um, going to get into that in two weeks. That, that has been very good for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They've, done, they've done well to this point, and I think that they'll end up finishing strong. But there's one one of those three games of ranked opponents remaining. Mm-hmm. They will lose. And that's the thing. They have to stay perfect the rest of the year in order to make the playoffs. And the thing that, does, that though, helps them that we did not mention, that September 23rd win in East Lansing, at this point, looking a lot better than it was. That was an unranked Michigan State team. Now that is a Michigan State team that is ranked 16th. And some people think, could even win the Big Ten East. So, I mean, that win even looks a little better. But I want to turn it on to you guys. You guys let us know, will ND make the playoff? And if it's yes, tell us why. If it's no, let us know why. Me and Brandon love having these conversations back and forth, but it's you guys. When we infuse you into the conversation, that's what we really like, whether it's in the comment section or on Twitter. Let us know what you guys think. But Brandon, let's move on into our next topic. And we're going to look at a team that we looked at. I feel like it was just last week. We're probably going to look at them for the next three weeks because they've got bingo, bingo, bongo, game, game, game that we're going to want to talk about. That's the Penn State Nittany Lions. They get the win over Michigan, a blowout victory, even though it was close at some point. Now it's forget about that game, Brandon. Next man up. We've got Penn State going into Columbus to play Ohio State. And how I phrase this question for this topic is interesting because it's not about team against team. It's team against player. And I'm going to ask you this. Can Penn State shut down JT Barrett, who since the Oklahoma game has pretty much turned everything around for himself and the Buckeyes? Can Penn State shut him down? Because if they it seems like if they shut him down, they win this game. Can they shut him down? I'm not sure if you can shut him down, but you can limit him. 
and I do think that Penn State will be able to do that. And you want to know why, Ricky? Because mm-hmm. they did it last year. So they have the recipe for success. You have to rush him. You have to make him have to stay in the pocket and have pressure coming. You cannot allow him to roll out of the pocket, be mm-hmm. able to to run or pass. Don't give him that option. Put the pressure on him. Keep him right there in the pocket. We know he's a great passer, but bring the pressure on him. And, you know, Penn State last year, 17 points in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And a huge, a huge block field goal that was returned. The special teams for Penn State did a great job. The defensive line for the Penn State Nittany Lions just absolutely absolutely overpowered the offensive line for Ohio State and that's how they were able to that's how they were able to stop the Buckeyes that's how they were able to mm-hmm. stop JT Barrett take it to that offensive line and they did and they came at him and he had nowhere to go he had nowhere to go and he had no time so if you don't give JT Barrett time back there in the pocket he's going to struggle he showed it last year and Penn State's got to be able to do that again so yes they can do it Ricky because they've done it before they have the recipe. They just need to put it together, get it out of the oven, and eat. And, and I think they can. I think they can. They've – I mean, again, look at what they did against Michigan this past week. And I understand it's Michigan. And Michigan this, was this a, year – I is, just want to throw this out. This is a Michigan team that I saw a graphic today – that through the last, it was by Paul Feinbaum, or Finnebaum as Brandon likes to call him, <laughs> through the last six games, Tennessee and Michigan nearly have identical stats. Just let that digest for a second. One coach we're thinking about firing, the other coach we're revering as one of the best in college football and what he's been able to do to turn around this Michigan team. Just let that sink in. But this is also this was also a Michigan team where the fans were calling for, hey, Instead of our upperclassmen transfer, let's throw in the sophomore who was the number three pocket passer from 2016. Let's throw him in because we're done with this upperclassman transfer. That's the Michigan we're dealing with. Defense aside, because their defense is amazing, that's what we were dealing with with Michigan. Okay, so defense aside for you, let Mm -hmm. me bring defense back into it. How many points did Penn State score against that awesome defense? It's kind of hard when the offense is crap. It's kind of hard to keep going out there, getting hit in the mouth. Like I, I'm not saying that Penn State didn't I, I, do. I'm not. I, but but let's hear. But here's Penn the thing. Penn State though. did. Here's work. the thing though. Let's let's we're both on the same page mm-hmm. that Penn State and Ohio State are not in the same category as Michigan. Yes, they're up here and Michigan's, Michigan's down, down here. here. Yeah, for this year. Mm-hmm. For this year, exactly. But it still doesn't mean that Michigan that Michigan isn't a rivalry game within Mm -hmm. the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten East, Mm -hmm. and that Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan don't all want to try and beat up on each other and still have that rivalry there. We we can also agree on that, but we can also agree that this Michigan team, this Michigan offense, is certainly leaps and bounds behind the offenses Mm -hmm. that we've seen before for for a Michigan team, a a Harbaugh Michigan-led team. So, yes, but at the same time, they had to go out there, they had to play the game, mm-hmm. and Penn State took it to them and demolished them at home in Happy Valley. And I don't think that there's going to be any demolishing come this Saturday, but Penn State is for real. 
Don't let that fool anybody. They are for real. Don't let this past game against a lesser opponent, Mm -hmm. don't let that fool you. Because Penn State's going to bring it all on Saturday, but also Ohio State is going to bring it all on Saturday. We're going to see a good football game, but I think Penn State, with the way they're going from where they ended last year, and again, I just kind of want to say really quickly, mm-hmm. and then let you go, Ricky, is that USC, we saw USC, we we thought USC was going to be a great team this year. Why? Because of how they ended the season last year with Sam Darnold, his stats, the way he was going. He was going to be great this season. Oh, we just couldn't wait for him. You know who's done that? Penn State. Penn State ended the season so strongly last year, minus that loss in the Rose Bowl. Penn State has come back, and they've been the way that we thought that USC was going to be. Mm -hmm. That's why Penn State's dangerous. That's why Penn State's going to win this weekend. I am on the other side. I'm going to give away that pick. I think that the Buckeyes win this game. But I'm glad you brought up what you did while basically saying that Penn State is for real because when it comes to this Michigan game, let's be completely honest. This was a game until about... 5-13 to go in the third quarter. Once McSorley ran in for that 13-yard run, I went, oh boy. Oh boy, this ain't going to be good. And what happened later when it turned to the fourth quarter, he almost dropped it, which I'm not chastising him for because he's not a catching, receiving back. He's a running back. He's not a receiving back, but... Saquon Barkley, the 44 or 42-yard touchdown, almost dropped it. Had to bobble it in his way into the end zone. I don't want to take anything away from Penn State, as some people may say I am, because there was Trent Paler, who love him, watches every... I've seen him in the comment section, saw him on Twitter. He tweeted at me, at Mos Pod, said, and this wasn't Trent basically coming at me. This was just a tweet that he had. With the Penn State win, is it time to put James Franklin in the upper echelon of college football coaches? It's a loaded question because part of me is saying, yeah, he's a good coach. If I, if Illinois' job opened tomorrow and James Franklin was available, I would want him as a head coach. However, my response, and this is just me being let's wait and see, it was a nice win for Penn State. But come talk to me after this week. Come talk to me after you beat Big Brother. And yes, I know Penn State fans are going to say, but we beat them last year. Beat them twice in a row. The last time you beat the, I want to say the last time that Penn State and Ohio State, the Penn State won two in a row was like the 70s. And I'll have to fact check myself on that one. I looked it up last night when I was in a haze of almost going to bed. But all I said was, hey, come at me. After this next week of games, then we'll see. You win against Ohio State, you beat Urban Meyer twice, okay, I will put you in the upper echelon of coaches, no problem. But I have to see that game. What does Brandon Swanson come at me at? Stop being a hater and give some credit. This Penn State team is for real. I'm not hating, Brandon, (laughs) but we both agreed that Ohio State would be the real test and that the Michigan offense was not going to stand a chance. You're, we agreed on this last week. You're right. We did agree on it, but I can also say that you're 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 being your typical you 
come to me when uh, and they, come they, to me. But but here's the thing though is that they've played they've had a great season so far. So I mean, far. Look, yeah. Okay. Season doesn't end today. Okay, no, you're right. You no, know, and it's guess what? It's not going to end after the Ohio State game. And if you want to, and I know you're mm-hmm. going to say, well, Ohio State gets them at home. Guess what? Ohio State also got Oklahoma at home. And Oklahoma, Oklahoma took it to them. 33-16. to 16. And I'm not saying that Oklahoma is not good. I'm saying that. I'll say they're not that good. Well, I, I'm saying that. You look at an Oklahoma defense, mm-hmm. not known for defense, Big 12, not known mm-hmm. for that. They only allowed 16 points. Now, people can say, well, it's only week two. They're trying to get, you know, their feet underneath them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're Ohio State. Your feet are underneath you every game. So, 31-16, bad loss. Bad loss for, for Ohio State right out of the gate in week two. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, that has nothing to do with it. You know, it's going to be good for Ohio State. It's going to be a leg up, in a sense, to be at home against Penn State. But this Penn State team, they're so good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I know that people will say, Penn, Penn, uh, Ohio State fans, Penn State fans, I hope you're liking me, but Ohio State fans, they probably don't want to hear anything I'm having to say because they're saying, Brandon, you're forgetting about our team. You're forgetting about our playmakers. You're mm-hmm. forgetting about us and how good we are. Penn State has that feel this year. They have that feel. You know when a team just, they, they get hot, they're rolling, and they, they just have that feel about them, they have that swagger about them? That's Penn State, baby. That's Penn State because they just have that it factor. They have that it factor. I, I, I can't help it. They, they've got it. There's a team each year that's got it. Alabama has it all the time. Mm-hmm. And Penn State's just got that it factor. And maybe it's Saquon Barkley. Maybe it's Trace McSorley. Maybe it's James Franklin. Mm-hmm. They've got it. And that's what makes them that da- so dangerous. See, and with me, I'm not quite. Maybe it's because, like, and I know how you said, well, Alabama's always got it. I'm sorry. We can't use that excuse. If we're saying there's one team in college football that has it this season, it's the Alabama Crimson Tide. Like, they are. And this is the one thing I wanted to bring in was I was watching. Um, as I do now every single week after Saturday games is um, I think it's Funny Main is who it is on YouTube with his Alabama, how they watch the SEC. Oh, he played a clip that was, I think, from Twitter where did you hear what Penn State fans were chanting after they beat Michigan? We want Bama. You know what his reaction was? <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. And that's exactly it. Like Penn State, where this is their national championship game. I'm sorry. This is Penn State's national championship game because this is probably going to be the highest of highs that you have. Only because you beat Ohio State, you could still lose to Michigan State, limp through three wins against Rutgers, Nebraska, Maryland beat Wisconsin, and still make the playoffs. That is what this win could do. Same thing for Ohio State. You beat Penn State, yeah, you got to play Iowa, who I think will be a tough opponent on the road. They almost beat Penn State. I believe that one was at Iowa as well. It was where they only won 21-19 to on the last play of the game. I believe that was a bad beat also for SVP SportsCenter. But then you go into Michigan State, then you get the easy one of Illinois, and based on how Michigan has played, I don't think they win the rivalry. Michigan, that is, does not win the rivalry this year 
even though that game is in Ann Arbor. This is the biggest game of the year for both of these teams, and this will probably be the game that decides the Big Ten East. And I'm sorry, Michigan State fans, if you are tuning into this, because Michigan State fans are probably sitting there going, what about us? We're sitting there also undefeated. What if we beat both Penn State and Ohio State? Then your national championship game doesn't matter. So I feel like for the sake of these two teams, this is the national championship because the winner of this game has a better opportunity, obviously, to win their side of the Big Ten East. For me, I think it's going to come down to defense with Penn State. I think they're going to have to get after JT Barrett, force him to make mistakes. On the other side, it's also Ohio State's defense. Let your offense do work. You have all the weapons in the world, but you cannot let McSworley out of the pocket. He had two runs against Michigan. You can't let Saquon Barkley have a big play like he did on that 42-yard touchdown strike late in the game. You have to contain McSworley and Barkley, and you have to be able to just limit what they can do because none of these two defenses are going to shut down the other. This could be a barn burner. This could be a 56-52 kind of a game. And I just threw two numbers in the 50s out there, so don't say, well, Ricky, that doesn't sound like a football score. That is my point, that these offenses could go to work and it could just be all about the offense. But if one defense steps up, that could make the difference in this game. Saquon Barkley in his first three carries last Mm -hmm. week. Three carries, 89 yards, two touches. Two touchdowns, excuse me. That was on his first three carries. First three carries, two of them one for touchdowns. Long touchdowns. Mm -hmm. This guy's a playmaker like none other. That's why he's a Heisman candidate. And Michigan's, to quote you, Mm -hmm. awesome defense, wasn't able to shut him down at all. They shut him down for parts of the game, but Mm -hmm. you, you limit him, but you don't shut him down. That's that's one just one guy mm-hmm. that you have to contain if you're Ohio State. And that's not even counting McSorley and all of his awesome targets that he's able to throw to. Mm-hmm. I I I think it's gonna be difficult. I think it's gonna be difficult it's for gonna Ohio be a great State. Game. I'm I think it's a gonna great game. I think it's gonna be a really, really good game as well. Uh but I think o- Ohio State, as good as they are too. As good as they are, too. Mm-hmm. I've got to give them their respect for, for being for being really, really good. I think these last couple of weeks, Rutgers, Maryland, Nebraska, I think not having anyone too competitive in the last three weeks, I think that's going to hurt them, too, because there hasn't been anyone that they've needed to get up for in these last couple of games. Mm-hmm. None of them have been close. It's been 56-0, 62-14, 56-14. I think that hurts them. I think that hurts them because they haven't had that competition. They haven't been, have, had to rise to the level of, of adrenaline to, to get going. It's been cupcake, cupcake, and man, mm-hmm. that was a good cupcake. So I think that that hurts them. Penn State, there's been a couple of games they've had a, they've had to get up for. Iowa, they had to stay up for. They've had some, uh, you know, they, they had a test there. They, they aced it. They ace the test against Michigan. I, I think that Penn State's looking good for this one. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, it'll be my luck that uh, I'll be sadly and sorely wrong on all those points I just made. And to PTI, PTI version, fact check myself, when I said the last time Penn State had beaten Ohio State was in the 70s, I was technically correct. It was the 78, it was 78 and 80 were the two years that they beat, but technically it was 78, 79 because that 80, that 1981 was in Tempe, Arizona for the Fiesta Bowl. So it was that next season. It was just in the Fiesta Bowl, 1978, 1980, technically, were the last two games back-to-back that Penn State won over Ohio State. Ever since, it's been either one or there, and Ohio State has had three and four are their highest wins in a row since 2002. So this could be Penn State's way to say, hey, you know what, this is going to be a rivalry now. We are now coming back. But I think it comes down to these defenses, whichever one shows up. And a good thing for Ohio State that Michigan, like it obviously hurt Michigan, was that Ohio State isn't going to have to go up against Penn State in that atmosphere of a whiteout game. Because you could tell that that atmosphere fueled that Nittany Lion team, but also fueled Saquon Barkley, which is a reason why he did have three big plays in that game, all go for scores. Not only is he good, but when you give him that kind of a um, confidence boost with the fans behind him like they do in the whiteout, you cannot deny it that that helped that team. They won't have that. So I'm not saying it's like, oh, they won't have that, they're going to lose. But let's see what they do because the last time they played a team on the road of a caliber, I'll say, would be Iowa, and they had to have that one come down to the last play. So before I kick it on to everyone, any last thoughts that you have or anything you have a reaction to what I had just said? No, I'll I'll make a final comment in the picks. Okay, well, this is where we're going to turn it on to you guys. Let us know what do you guys think. Who's going to – just say it here. Who's going to win this game? How's it going to happen? Is JT Barrett going to have a big game? Will Saquon Barkley have a big game? How do you see this one? Penn State, Ohio State – playing out as we basically have the Big Ten East title on the line in Columbus. But Brandon, let's move on into our last topic. And we're looking at a draft topic here, kind of a little profile. We haven't done these in quite some time. And we're looking at Sam Darnold. And the reason being, USC has now lost two games. Sam Darnold looked to be the Sam Darnold of old early on. However, has not been the Sam Darnold that we know and love this season, I want to ask you this. When it comes to the draft, everyone's expecting him to come out. Everyone's expecting him to be a top quarterback in this draft. But let's slow our roll a little bit and ask this question. Should Sam Darnold stay at USC after this season? I would say yes. I would say yes. Uh, looking at kind of, you know, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. It's the the regression that we've seen from mm-hmm. this USC team. Um, I, I like I, how you said from this USC team and not regression from Sam Darnold. Yeah. Because it hasn't been necessarily Darnold. It's been the team around it's, him it's, as regress. It's been the pieces there. You know, it, they don't have, uh, you know, necessarily everything that they that they had last year. And, and you know, de- defensively, they, they haven't been holding up well. Clearly, this past weekend was not good mm-hmm. against Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a very good team and a defense that could not hold them down in any area. So I think right now it would probably be best for Sam Darnold to stay and stay another year and 
and hopefully be able to have come back and have really good success like what he did last season with the team. And I think that he would find himself hopefully in a better situation when he would come out for the 19 draft. I'm going to be on the other side. Well, I might be on the other side of you here where I'm kind of leaning towards go to the NFL because unless your goal is to win the Heisman or win a national championship, if those two aren't even in your mind, more so the second one, go to the NFL. Because why should you stay if you're not going to try to win? If you're only out for yourself and not trying to win, I'm not saying Sam Darnold is, I'm just saying if that isn't your goal, leave, go to the NFL, get that payday. However, here's where my decision comes in, and maybe this is because I'm more of the hybrid NFL college guy being on the onside kick and the primetime podcast. Depends on who the number one pick is as of right now. If I'm still projected to be the number one pick and the Browns are the number one pick, I'll stay in sunny California. I don't want to go to gloomy Cleveland where who knows what's going to happen to my career there. However, if the 49ers are the first overall pick, See you later, Clay Helton. Hello, Kyle Shanahan. And I know it's not necessarily that easy. Just because the number one team is different doesn't mean they're going to take you. However, that's how I would look at it. Out of the two teams that right now could be that number one pick, and this that's a separate argument for a separate day of is Darnold still the if de facto number one pick in the draft if he comes out. Let's just say for the sake of argument he is. If Cleveland's that number one pick, I'm staying. I will hedge my bets and see who's the number one next year, hope for a better season and a national title. But if the 49ers are that number one pick, you get a great GM. Well, after one year, looks to be a pretty good GM setting things together in John Lynch. You have the offensive mind there in Kyle Shanahan. I go with the fit, baby, and I go with a 49er team that has been in games, and I look at it and go, hey, man, if they had me, we'd be winning some of those games. So that's how I would look at it for Sam Darnold. Not necessarily I have to stay to work on my game, but, hey, you know what? It's all about what fit am I going to have because as a redshirt sophomore, I don't have to come out if I don't want to. You know, exactly. I I think that's a big part of it. I I could see the wanting to come out and wanting to come out because you don't want to stay an extra year where there's Mm -hmm. the chance of an injury and then everything's lost for you. Mm -hmm. You lose number one pick. You lose first round. You lose that money. You lose all that. I get it. You know, I totally get it. I understand it. You know, at, at at some points. You have to make life decisions for yourself Mm -hmm. that don't even necessarily deal with football. Mm -hmm. You have to look at yourself and be a little selfish at some times because you can't do what someone else thinks is going to be best. You can't do what this team thinks is going to be best. Mm -hmm. You have to do what you think is going to be best for you. And sometimes that means, like I said, being a little selfish Mm -hmm. and saying, "Okay, I have a chance right here to have a good payday. I have a chance right here to be able to go to a team and start. I have a chance to go to this team, be the the building block, the cornerstone of this franchise. I just don't want it to be the Cleveland Browns. I mean, and, and, and I, it kind of goes back to what you said. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want to go to Cleveland. Well, there's and- too there's too many problems mm-hmm. in Cleveland. There's no 
there's no upward, it doesn't look like right now, success coming anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it sometimes because it, I kind of like Cleveland, and, and and sometimes it means well, and and I and I feel bad for Hugh Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is really Good trying. Coach. I mean, he's he's trying to put some things mm-hmm. together defensively. The defense has not been the problem. Yeah, the I mean, they've given up some points, sure, but the offense, but the has, offense has not been able to help them but out. They at haven't all. had that quarterback, and I mean, that's the kind of flip side with when it comes to Darnold because. When it comes to what he's capable of in his skill set, there's part of me that feels like, I like, mm, and this is with Darnold where he's at. I feel like, let's say I was going to be outside that if people looked at it and said, you know what, he's outside the top five for me. As long as, as long as I'm not projected to go anywhere near Cleveland. I would come out because, and here's the thing you got to look at, and I, I feel like Dave on the NBA side, and I hate it because I'm always, I'm usually the guy to where I always am on the side of college. I'm on the side of staying in college. That's where you're going to be able to kind of grow your game better. But if you're Sam Darnold, it also comes down to actually like playing. If you want to, if you want to work on your game and start, then in, and the Browns and the Niners are out of the question, stay in college. But if you're not going to the Browns and the Niners right now, and you're going to, let's say, the Steelers, that's kind of a really far down fall. I don't think that happens. I just threw it out there because he would be Big Ben's backup. If you're fine with working on your skill and being a backup, come out. And you could work with Juju Smith-Schuster again. You could work with Juju Smith, who's on that team. I didn't even make that connection when I said it, but... Sam Darnold, I think, right now, I would say, and this is now prediction mode, I feel like he'll come out as of right now. However, we don't know what could happen with this Trojan team because if we look at it, it's kind of been, I'm going to say, I kind of want to use the analogy a wolf in sheep's clothing, but I think I'm going the other way with it. It's a sheep in wolf's clothing is what I'm thinking of because yeah, they lose to Washington State and Notre Dame, and that's where we're like, oh, they've got those two losses. But you got to think about it. Western Michigan gave them a scare in week one. Texas gave them a scare in their third game. They needed overtime to win that game. Then you look at Utah. They even gave them a scare, needed one point to beat Utah. Those are three games that if one play happens differently, the ball turns an inch the other way. It's a different outcome. I'd also like to say off of that, though, too, is that Sam Darnold has mm-hmm. helped to make plays in in those games. To win them games. To win them for Especially USC. Especially that Texas game. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, there's been, he's been a little bit more inconsistent this year mm-hmm. than he was last season. But he's still shown up in the big moments mm-hmm. at the right time when he needs to. That has done him wonders. And that will do him wonders mm-hmm. down the road, especially this year when you're looking towards the 18 draft. But at the same time, the opportunity to stay if things aren't looking like they will go exactly in your favor, mm-hmm. how you would like them to go if you come out of college, it's being able to stay another year 
refine your skills again, be able to find that accuracy again. And as you said, you know, stay and, you know, get kind of get everything together to be the best product you can be when you come out. But that's just not always how it works. I want to ask you this question. And now this is me flipping it to the original question we were going to ask. But now I'm going to ask it in the second part of this segment. Right now, let's say you are an NFL scout, NFL drafter, and it's draft day. You need a quarterback. Your team's pick rolls around. All the quarterbacks are there. Is Sam Darnold still your choice and still your top quarterback on the board in college football? Or has this season now dropped him as has someone else taken over that top spot? I'll be very honest with you. Sam Darnold is still my top quarterback because none of the other quarterbacks have done anything significant to separate themselves mm-hmm. from the pack. Mason Rudolph hasn't done it. Didn't throw a touchdown last week. His team won 13-10. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, he's been good, but he hasn't done enough to be able to separate himself completely from the pack of everybody else. Luke Falk hasn't done enough. All those guys, guys that would also be very near to to Darnold, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, I, I wouldn't even put him there. You forgot one more that I thought you were going to put in that initial group. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Josh not- Rosen. Ever since going what? It was, if my math is correct, 4 plus 4 is 8 plus 5 would be 13 and 2 to start the year. Ever since then, he's... What six and six and six since going thirteen and two to start the year? So I just wouldn't say no one else, no one else, mm-hmm. even close to the category or wanting to be in the same cat. No one else has separated themselves from the pack enough to say that guy. Mm-hmm. We want that guy at number one. They haven't done it, in my opinion. So that's why Sam Darnold, for me, if I'm an NFL scout, if I'm an NFL team, Sam Darnold is still number one quarterback on my draft board as long as he's still there. I'll ask you this, and this is kind of going because I, I'm in agreement with you. Darnold is still my top quarterback. If I'm the Browns or Niners, if I have the first pick and Darnold's there, I'm taking him. I don't care what anyone says about how, oh, a regress season, I'm taking Darnold number one because he's the guy, especially if it's the Niners. Like, they're a team where maybe it's the California, California thing, but I just feel like, man, they've been in games this year except for the Cowboy game, but they've been in games this year to where I'm like, man, if they just had a, if they just had a competent quarterback out there, they could win this game. If they didn't have Hoyer or Barkley, they could win this game. Can I ask you a quick question? And it's Shoot. and it's with the Cleveland Browns. And mm-hmm. some people may be like, uh, yeah, duh, you idiot. But um, do you think that it would be outlandishly mm-hmm. crazy for the Cleveland Browns, instead of saying, let's go quarterback, let's go playmaker receiver? Do you think it's absolutely out of the box, just dumb to do playmaker receiver, impact receiver, instead of having Kenny Britt, some other guy I don't know, some other guy I don't know, Mm -hmm. and then David Njoku? Um, I want to lean towards the yes. 
I do. And the only reason, like, there are two reasons why I want to lean towards. And the reason why I gave that sigh was because I hate when you do this to me, Brandon. I hate when you hit me with these. I don't want to say loaded questions. I hate when you hit me with these hard questions because, like, part of me, my first initial Well, reaction, I don't like it when you hit me with history questions. I'm, so it's <laughs> right, right back at it, you. I haven't done it today. I brought <laughs> I brought my own facts when it came to the history. But my first reaction was no. But then I went, wait. And the reason why I said wait was I was like, didn't they do that last year? It wasn't a wide receiver. But didn't they do that last year? They went with Miles Garrett. They went with Jabril Peppers. They went with uh, Joku, tight end, before going quarterback into Sean Kaiser. And I know what you're saying, but Ricky, like Deshaun Kaiser's way down there. I feel like this year, I look at last year and I go, take Sam Darnold. Because the wide receivers that would even be available where they're probably drafting, which is one or two, I mean, unless you think Calvin Ridley is that receiver, because like I'm looking at the wide receivers, it could be, and I don't see one like St. Brown, who you mentioned earlier, Callaway, Ridley, Kirk. Um, I'll even throw Paris Campbell from Ohio State because I really like him. I do not see a wide receiver that is one two in this draft. And if there's like, I think it's Mark who's always said this. You always draft a quarterback until you hit. Or no, no. That was Colin Cowherd. Mark has said. Well, you, well, you put Mark in a wait, really good category. No, but this is why. This is why. I believe Colin Cowherd's the one I've heard say that. Mark has always said that the teams that keep drafting quarterbacks will always continue to draft quarterbacks. That but, just keep and, drafting and, them. And see, that's why. That's where. Sorry, Mark. That's 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 kind of where I am mm-hmm. on this. It's that you know teams like teams have been saying for a long time, and you know I I saw Colin Cowherd tweet something the other day, and I think I I, mm-hmm. I shared it with you. I saw it. Was, I saw it was, too because I get them was, all of my Was phone. that he he said? Well, Browns are going to be drafting on Sunday. A quarterback. Browns are going to be drafting a quarterback. People um, have said the same thing about the Jets. These teams have so many quarterbacks. On the team, you mm-hmm. have Christian Hackenberg, you have mm-hmm. um, Kessler, you, Hogan, you know Kessler, Kaiser. Hogan, Kaiser for the Browns. Mm-hmm. You have Hackenberg and McCown, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of who else you have on the Jets that mm-hmm. you've drafted in in recent years. They and it's did like, have Geno Smith, and it's like, what? When does it end? Because mm-hmm. how you you now are each time drafting a quarterback instead that, that may or may not work out instead of trying to draft some other playmakers mm-hmm. that can do some things for whoever may be quarterback. I know. This it, is... I think it goes both ways. Is that a good quarterback will make the rest of the team better, but a good playmaker will help make that quarterback better. To pull it back to Sam Darnold, if Sam Darnold's there and I'm the Browns, I take him. The reason why I need to make up for the Deshaun Watson mistake. I need to make up for it. Because right now Deshaun Watson is proving, and I know this is a little off the point of Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson is proving we should have never made that trade with the Texans. We should have just taken Deshaun Watson and had him be our guy. So that's why I would take Sam Darnold. I want to end the topic asking you this, something that I already answered where I predicted where I think he will leave and go to the draft. I asked you should. Now I'm asking you will 
Sam Darnold enter the draft after this season? You said he should stay, but do you think he will? Oh, gosh. Honestly, I think it's... Brandon's I, like, great. Now you hit me with a load of Well, questions. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's as... I don't think it's an easy... I don't think it's an easy one because mm-hmm. he's got a lot of factors to consider as well. And I, and I don't think that we'd be having the discussion if uh, there wasn't some possibility that he stays. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say that he waits and he stays. I'm going to say that he waits and he stays uh, because of how many quarterbacks there are. We're not going to see as many next year. I think we're going to see a team uh, really be trying to fight to go for a guy like him, especially after if he stays in and and is able to, again, refine, Mm -hmm. you know, some of his skills again. I think that he could even have maybe even a better opportunity next year when he's a clear-cut guy. Like people are like, we want him. We'll go after him. We'll trade up for him. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. I, I that's what I think will happen. I think that it will be should stay as well. However, I think he will go into the draft. I think that there's no way that he will pass it up and he will go and take the money in the NFL. Not calling him greedy. Just saying, I think that he's going to make that next step. In his career, but we want to know what you guys think. Should Sam Darnold stay in college? Will he stay in college when it comes to the draft? Let us know down below. Also, let us know your big board, top five quarterbacks. Who do you got right now? NFL draft, rank them in the comment section. But Brandon, let's end the podcast like uh, we always do. This one might be a little shorter. I'm just going to let you guys know. Big boy over here has to get his MacBook fixed, um, <laughs> and he's pressing me for time. He's hey, I got a 720 appointment time. at the Apple Store. We you, all know how they are at the Apple Store. You will make it in time, I promise you. First game up, we'll get right into them. A Thursday night matchup, number 20 Stanford going into Beaverton, Oregon to play the Beavers. Stanford, 23-point favorites. Who you got? Well, Ricky, I'm just so excited I'll be able to watch this one for the Pac-12 since <laughs> it's at 8 o'clock. Stanford gets this when They go into uh, Oregon State. Oregon State with one win they won't get to after this week. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a win for Oregon State. I think the 23-point favorite is a good one and takes Stanford in this game. Then another, a Friday night matchup. What's a college team playing on Friday for? That is meant for high school football. <laughs> Memphis, number 24, playing Tulane in Memphis. The Tigers, 10.5-point favorites. Who you got? Memphis, they will get the win. They go up one spot to 24 this week, and they'll maybe move up another to 23 after the win. I'm going to go with Memphis as well, and I love your response from this past Saturday. I'm like, oh, my God, you see that Memphis game, that comeback against Houston? You're like, Ricky, I don't watch Power 5. I don't watch non-Power 5 football on a Friday. I think my 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 response was, Ricky, I don't care. <laughs> But I'm going with Memphis in this one. <laughs> then the Saturday games, and the first one pains me to say, but 27-point favorite Wisconsin going into Champaign. I think I, I think the Illini go 0-5 in the Big Ten after this week. Badgers with the win. They'll win by more than 27. They might win by 30. Illinois with a competitive game this past week. On the road mm-hmm. in Minnesota, lose by a touchdown. Doesn't happen this week. Wisconsin mm-hmm. has been good all season long. They go into Illinois, but uh, after being in an Illinois football game just a couple of weeks before, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, there's going to be more Wisconsin fans there than there will be Illini. 
Is it bad that I look at my team and I just get depressed just seeing their name on our pit card? Because that means I have to pick it's, against them. It's sad, <sighs> but it, it, it happens. It's really depressing at this point. But then we've got another one that could be a blowout. We've got number eight Miami going into Chapel Hill to play the Tar Heels, the one and seven Tar Heels. Miami, 20-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got, Canes or Heels? Uh, Miami, and Miami's not going to need a dramatic win in this one. North Carolina looked so bad against Virginia Tech this past weekend. Virginia Tech all over the Tar Heels. Miami wins easily in this one. Well, I'm going to go with Miami as well. There is no way, not a chance, not a chance, as Patrick Kane would say, that the Tar Heels get this win because the Trubisket is here in Chicago. Then we're moving on a top 25 showdown. We got two coming up in the next two picks. We've got number 11, Oklahoma State, going into number 22, West Virginia. The Cowboys may be seven and a half point favorites, Brandon, but guess what? Guess what? Upset special, Mountaineers with the win. Who you got? Oklahoma State. Last week, Mason Rudolph does not throw a touchdown pass in the game. Can't remember the last time that that happened, if it ever did. Doesn't happen this week. Oklahoma State will bounce back. They get the win on the road in West Virginia, but West Virginia is going to be sneaky in this game. It's going to be a tightly contested game. A lot of points. Oklahoma State comes out with the win, though. Then the big one, number two, Penn State, number six, Ohio State in Columbus. OSU, a six-point favorite in this one. So, Brandon, for the sake of the upset special, are we going with the line or are we going with the ranking? What did we go with last time? I have no idea. That's oh, all I'm son asking. Of a monkey's uncle. Well, what do you want to do? You want to go for the ranking this week or the line? Uh, let's. I think we went line last time, so, so we'll let's, go with the let's, line. Let's so Ohio State's with the, the favorite. Who do you got? I'm gonna go upset. Penn State <laughs> gets the win in this one. Ohio State. They're gonna try their best to mm-hmm. key in on Saquon Barkley, and while they're doing that. Trace McSorley is going to be over here going, you open down there? Boom. He's going to find some guys down the field this week. Saquon Barkley may not have the same numbers he usually does because mm-hmm. Ohio State will try and take him out, but he's going to still have a solid game. Penn State gets a win, a close one. This could be a field goal or a touchdown game, but Penn State on the road in Columbus. Brandon, I got four letters for you. You ready? O-H-I-O. Buckeyes with the win. They win by more than six. I will take the OSU at negative six all day. Then we're moving SEC. We got number three, Georgia, against the Florida Skaters. Two touchdown favorites of the Bulldogs. Who you got? Well, Florida, they've had a tough week. Uh, McIlwain saying that him and players have gotten death threats throughout the week, which is just terrible. entirely sickening terrible. Um, for Florida fans. If you're a fan, that's not what you do for your team. Georgia will get the win on the road. They, they, road they've been rolling this season. I don't get that because there was that Tennessee game where you should have technically gotten a loss, but your team won. So why are you upset with them? You got to win that you should. I just I don't understand. There's it. just there's as as Michael Wayne said. There's in this there's world. There's bad people yeah. in this world. There's complete animals in this world. I'm gonna go with the Bulldogs though with the win. They'll win by more than two touchdowns in this game. Then we've got two more top 25 showdowns. One in the Big 12 for TCU. 25 Iowa State getting into the rankings for the first time in my lifetime. It seems TCU six and a half point favorites. Who do you got? 
hitting that upset. Wow. Hitting the upset. Really? TCU. I don't oh. know. I don't know why I'm doing it. I but almost I, did. I, I have a feeling wow. about this Ohio State team. You talk oh. about in, in earlier segments, I talked about the it factor wow. that Penn State has. Iowa State has it on a lesser scale. TCU, they're tough, they're dominant, they're good. But I'm hitting the upset button. Iowa State gets the win at home, and they will muddy, muddy the waters in the Big 12. Brandon, you are a you are more of a man than me because I'm going TCU. I, I, for a second, I'm like, do I hit the button? And I'm like, no, nah, I like TCU. I'm going to go with TCU. You are more of a man than I, but the next one, I'm sorry, number 14, NC State, number 9, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, 7.5-point favorites. Hit the button, NC State, with the victory. Who you got? I'm going Notre Dame. Notre Dame at home, a huge win last week over USC, 49-14. NC State has been so special this season, but Notre Dame has two. Mm-hmm. Their defense has been good. It's what it will help keep them in this game and beat the Wolfpack. Then we've got UCLA at number twelve, Washington. Washington seventeen and a half point or seventeen point favorites. Who you got? I'm going to go with Washington in this one. They're at home. I think UCLA will give them trouble, but I think ultimately Washington will end up getting the win. I'm going to go Washington. I know you saw my. I about hand. did it. I about you saw did my it hand. Too. I about I just, did I, it too. Josh Rosen. That's the only question mark. I'm not going to go against the Huskies though. I will pick them to win. Then Big Ten, 16 Michigan State at Northwestern. MSU only two and a half point favorites. Who you got? Only two and a half point favorites. Upset. Wow. Northwestern gets the win. They're at home. We saw what they did against Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. in a half. North, uh, excuse me, Michigan State does not have a Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. They're going to get shut down. And Lewerke, who has done some good things, and he's a good kind of dual threat quarterback, even though they don't like those words, dual threat. Uh, Northwestern's going to be able to shut him down, I think, defensively and be able to score enough points to win. It'll be low scoring. Yeah, I'm going to go Michigan State. I can't hit the button. Going to go with Sparty on the road. Then a non-Power 5 matchup, Houston going into number 17, South Florida. USF is a 10.5-point favorite. I'm going with Charlie Strong and the Bulls. Who do you got? South Florida, they're hanging tough. They're staying strong. They're going to go to 8 now. And here's a team I thought I'd never have to say football-wise on the podcast. Austin P getting into the picks. Usually don't hear about them until basketball seasons when they're playing a Power 5 and getting their butts kicked, but... They're going up against number 18, UCF, undefeated in the rankings. Who you got? You got Austin P. You got Central Florida? Because this is a straight pick em. Central Florida. I'm going to go with Central, Central Florida as well. Florida. I, I'm surprised I even had to say Austin P.'s name on the podcast for football. I'm going to say that yet again. Then we're going ACC, 13 Virginia Tech, hosting the Duke Blue Devils. VT, 15.5 point favorites, going to go with my Hokies all day, every day. Who you got? I'm going to go Virginia Tech as well. We saw what they did last week against uh, against North Carolina. Duke has a much better defense than that, so I don't think we're going to see that uh, type of blowout. Uh, but Virginia Tech with the win. Then ACC again, Georgia Tech, number 7, Clemson. 14.5 point favorites are the Tigers. Who you got? You hovering? I'm gonna Are go. I'm gonna go Clemson <laughs> at home. Did you hover? Uh, I thought about it. Okay. I really did. Georgia Tech. The way that they run their offense, it's difficult uh, defensively. I think they could hold Clemson 
and or at least limit them. But but Clemson at home, I think, will have momentum playing in prime time. They'll get the win. Hey, Brandon. Attaboy. Georgia Tech. Like Attaboy. This is going to be a big weekend for the ACC. NC State wins. Clemson loses. All hell breaks loose because Clemson looks like they are dead in the water after this week. Then we got three more. We've got Texas Tech, number 10, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a 20-point favorite. Both these teams on the low. Texas Tech losing to Iowa State that last week. Oklahoma, some are questioning their playoff hopes. Who you got? I think Oklahoma keeps their hopes alive with a win this week against Texas Tech. Uh, Baker Mayfield at home at Memorial Stadium. I think that's going to be good for him. Hasn't been all season long, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think that uh, Oklahoma with the win. And then our last two Pac-12 games, 15, Washington State, three-point favorites over Arizona. Who do you got? I think Washington State will take it, but it'll be a close one. I think that that uh, um, three-point victory uh, would be about right for Washington State. I'm going to go Washington State as well. And then another three-point line, this time the Trojans at number 21 over the Sun Devils in Tempe, Arizona. Who you got for our last pick? USC is pissed, and they're going to come back with a win. Make it 7-2 and two for the Trojans. I would take that three-line all day because I think they win by a touchdown or more. Go Trojans in that one. And this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below who are you taking this week and what do you think about some of our big picks and some of our upset specials. I want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube or listening on Blog Talk Radio. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Jake Neverman. Join the fast break. If you're sitting there going, man, I would love to make some picks and be on a podcast with Ricky and Brandon, check out patreon.com backslash most available podcast, baby. $10 deer. Get you on the podcast with us. Link also down below in the description. Want to thank you guys for watching and listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.